Bienvenidos and welcome to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza, produced by Nina Serrano, Julieta Kusnir, Vanessa Bohm, and Vilma V. Well, tonight's program is filled with music. We bring to you music from the Peruvian duo Alejandro y María Laura, recorded live here at KPFA. They will be performing a couple of shows in the Bay Area. We'll also bring to you an interview with Argentine singer-songwriter Federico Aubele, who is performing also in Oakland this week. As always, we begin with Noticias Sin Fronteras, a summary of news from the Americas. So make sure to tune in. Buenas noches, this is Vilma V with Noticias Sin Fronteras, news headlines without borders from America Latina for the week ending July 19th. Cuba. Diplomatic relations were officially restored yesterday when Cuba's foreign minister, Bruno Rodriguez, raised his country's flag at the Cuban embassy in Washington, D.C. During the ceremony, Rodriguez stated, Solo la eliminación del bloqueo económico, comercial y financiero que tanto daño y privaciones ocasiona a nuestro pueblo, la devolución del territorio ocupado en Guantánamo y el respeto a la soberanía de Cuba darán sentido al hecho histórico que estamos viviendo hoy. The last time the U.S. hosted a Cuban foreign minister was during the Eisenhower administration. The U.S. Embassy in Havana will formally open later this summer when U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry travels there in August. It will be the first time that a U.S. Secretary of State visits Cuba in over five decades. Bolivia. Protesters cut off access to the Bolivian mining city of Potosí in a dispute with the Bolivian government that has gone on for almost two weeks. Protesters are blocking highways that link the city of Potosí with its close to 200,000 residents to the rest of Bolivia. The demonstrators are seeking economic development funding for the mountainous region, which has been experiencing a drop in demand for its silver, a key mineral export. Protesters are also demanding a new airport, hospital, cement factory, and a meeting with President Evo Morales, who thus far has declined. Fierce clashes between the police and protesters have resulted in four people being injured. Both government and human rights officials say the 11-day-long standoff is starting to cause serious food shortages within the city of Potosí. Brazil. Brazilian President Dilma Rousseff's approval ratings have fallen to an alarming 9%. Last Thursday, Rousseff was warned by the Speaker of the Lower House, Eduardo Cunha, of the Democratic Movement Party, that she may even be facing impeachment in the near future. Without Cunha's PMDB party, Rousseff has no majority in the Brazilian Congress. Rousseff is just seven months into her second term and has been hit with a relentless tide of bad economic news, political setbacks, and pressure from auditors, prosecutors, and opposition members. Also, the corruption scandal involving Petrobras, which is known as Lava Jato in Brazil, continues to ensnare senior figures in Brazilian politics and business with 50 politicians from six parties now implicated in the scandal. Rousseff has characterized the current political upheaval in Brazil as an attempted coup. In an interview with a Brazilian newspaper, she said, I'm not going to fall. I won't. I won't. That would be too wimpy. This is a political fight. Mexico. 
It was revealed last week that the United States filed a request for the extradition of drug kingpin Joaquin El Chapo Guzman just three weeks before his notorious escape from a high-security Mexican prison. Guzman escaped from the Altiplano prison through a mile-long tunnel, which opened into the floor of his prison cell's shower. His escape has been widely criticized by opponents of Mexican President Enrique Peña Nieto. Guzman is wanted by the U.S. on charges of money laundering and cocaine smuggling, but former Mexican Attorney General Jesus Murillo Caram refused to extradite Guzman, citing issues of Mexican sovereignty. Former head of the Mexican intelligence agency Guillermo Valdez said Guzman's escape, quote, demonstrated the weakness of institutions in which a high-security jail can be penetrated through a mixture of corruption, ineptness, and the operational effectiveness of organized crime. The state, Valdez said, looks putrefied. Guatemala. Last Thursday, the International Commission Against Impunity in Guatemala, a UN-backed independent group known as CICIG, revealed that corruption and drug money are the key sources of funding for political parties in Guatemala. The CICIG report found that drug trafficking has infiltrated local politics in Guatemala by financing campaigns and creating construction companies that later win government contracts. The CICIG report also found that anonymity in political contributions is facilitating links to organized crime. The investigation thus far has resulted in the resignation of Vice President Roxana Baldetti and has led to the arrest of the chief of the central bank. This Saturday, July 24th, there is a march and general assembly in solidarity with the people of Guatemala from 4 to 7 p.m. at the Fruitvale Community Plaza right next to BART in Oakland. This has been a summary of some of the latest news headlines from America Latina. I'm Vilma V for Noticias Sin Fronteras and La Raza Chronicles. If you have a news item or feedback that you would like to share, email us at larazachronicles at kpfa.org. This is Nina Serrano for La Raza Chronicles on July 21st, 2015 with a brief commentary about the changing relationships between the United States and Cuba. Listeners to mainstream media may have missed the excitement and joy yesterday at the opening ceremonies of the new Cuban embassy in Washington, D.C. But Democracy Now! captured the crowds and excitement and the cheers of thousands of people celebrating at this long-awaited historic event of 54 years. You can see it on their website. Among the photos posted on the Democracy Now! Facebook page, I caught glimpses of Medea Benjamin, founder of Code Pink, Sandra Levinson, founder of the Center for Cuban Studies in New York City, my own daughter, Valerie Landau, guide to tours to Cuba, and famous actor Danny Glover. They're all smiling in that heightened happiness of being part of a diverse crowd of veteran activists who have struggled for this moment for decades. I caught the commercial coverage that gave its mic over to people hoping for Cuban regime change. Though the revolutionary government of Cuba had stated the day before that it had, quote, decided 
to re-establish the diplomatic relations with the U.S. in exercise of its full sovereignty. Invariably committed to the ideals of the social and cultural system without interference in any form and sovereign equality and reciprocity, which constitute inalienable principles of international law. End quote. They went on to declare that Cuba will continue to immerse in the process of updating its economic and social model to build a prosperous and sustainable socialism, advance the development of the country, and consolidate the achievements of the revolution. There were 700 lucky guests invited inside the newly opened embassy and many more outside with flags and placards. But now we await the appointment of a U.S. ambassador to Cuba, which the Republicans are determined to prevent. But history is full of surprises and even miracles. So stay tuned to La Raza Chronicles to learn how the story plays out and even suggestions as to how you can play a role. This has been Nina Serrano for La Raza Chronicles. Dentro de ti Me he infiltrado en tu cuerpo al fin Te siento Me sientes Dentro de ti Sin que tú me puedas ver Aquí Refugiado Dentro de ti
Bienvenidos to La Raza Chronicles, Crónicas de la Raza. I'm your host, Vanessa Bohm, and you were just listening to the music of Peruvian music duo Alejandro y María Laura. They're back in the Bay Area as part of their U.S. tour and join us in studio for a live studio performance. Alejandro y María Laura also have three upcoming performances this week, so our listeners have a few opportunities to see them perform live. Gracias, Alejandro y María Laura, for coming back to our studios to share with us your music and all the fantastic things you've been up to since you were last on our show. Hola, Vanessa. Thank you for inviting us. It's always great to be here, you know, and I think it's the third time on the show, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of feels like home. Pues, eh, para empezar, it's always really great for us to have you on La Raza Chronicles, and we're, of course, very big fans of your music and very excited to hear what you've been up to since the release of your second album, Fiestas para los Muertos. You were here last in December performing songs off of that album, but you are currently on your first U.S. tour. Tell us what that's been like, where you've been. Well, we're kind of starting the tour. We started it in New York. We played there um, at New Blue. We were there also at the LAMC, the Latin Alternative Music Conference. And then we played in Philadelphia and Santa Ana. We're still going to Oregon. Yeah, before that, we have three mm -hmm. shows coming here, you know, really near. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is we're opening for um, this great artist uh, named uh, Federico Aubele. And uh, he's playing, I think, this Thursday at Leo's Music Club in Oakland. And um, I hear that's a great place. And we just listen to Federico's music. And uh, I think it's really interesting what he's doing. So um, you can see us there. And then we are sharing a couple of concerts with Edna Vasquez. She's a Mexican singer-songwriter based in Portland. And we're sharing with her this Saturday in the Mission Arts Cultural Center and then in Studio Grand in Oakland. That's right. And we'll tell our listeners a little bit more about those shows later in the program. But you did mention that you all were part of the Latin Alternative Music Conference in New York, and that's a yearly event that takes place that really brings together some of the very mm. best Latin American alternative musicians, singer-songwriters. Pretty amazing place to have you guys be a part of that. What was it like for you to be part of a gathering of such young, up-and-coming, amazing group of musicians and artists? Well, um, the, these kind of meetings, the, the conferences, you know, it's for meeting a lot of people, really, and getting to hear a lot of uh, great new bands, going to concerts and that. And actually, it was a lot of fun, but it, it was also a lot of work, you know. You have to be, like, networking a lot and meeting people and smiling a lot and giving <laughs> CDs out, you know, and tell them, yeah, we're from Peru, you should come. I mean, we mean when we say that all the time, but to do it eight days without stop, it was pretty intense. <laughs> no, I can imagine. It certainly looks like a lot of work. I saw, I think, one picture of you guys in front of the Gibson yeah. stand playing the guitars that they have yeah, on we, show there, as do other bands that come and participate in the conference. Yeah, yeah, we played uh, just after uh, Centaurus from Mexico. It's a great band. We uh, shared a stage on, on The New Blue. That's like a underground and cool place, you know, in, in New York. And then in this Gibson, uh, where they put the guitars, the Centaurus played before us. So we actually shared a lot of time with this band and... Uh, Well, the both of you have had two really successful albums. The first one, Para Caídas, in 2011, and then your second album, Fiesta para los Muertos, which was released in 2013. 
And of course, I'm always looking forward to seeing what the two of you have been working on and excited to hear new music. And it seems like the two of you have been working on some new songs yeah. um, by the looks of your Facebook updates. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, we started writing the songs here in, in California. We tried to... Um, to work during those days, the, the days we didn't have concerts, we were trying to write new songs, and yes, it was a, a good space to inspire, to be inspired. We've been also having um, weekly meetings with other so singer-songwriters in Peru, so it's been a different a different process. It's, yeah, just like a, a cliche, I guess. There's a singer-songwriter or, or a writer of songs that... It's like you have the blank sheet on front of you or the, or the computer, I guess. And then you have the guitar and you're not inspired and you want to get inspiration from somewhere. But, but uh, now this process has been like more like sharing a lot, you know, talking a lot about songwriting in itself. Talking to other singer-songwriters we admire from Lima, such as Alala. Uh, Giovanna Núñez, also uh, Nico Saba from Canaco y el Tigre. And, uh, Chino Sabal. Chino Sabal. <laughs> a lot of people, <laughs> friends. And then also last year we met Diana Ameros, which was Maja for me, Montijo, yes. for me that was, uh, I don't know, when you meet someone that you admire, you, you want to grab your guitar and start writing something else as well, you know, because you inspire, you get inspired by other art artists. Well, we're so lucky that you were inspired by local Bay Area artists. And I think it's time for you all to play us a song here in the studio. Which song would you like to play? Um, we'd like to play a new song. It's called uh, Matrimonio. And, um, and we haven't recorded it before, so this is the first for just for here, for the Bay Area. <laughs> Great. This song is Matrimonio by the Peruvian duo Alejandro y María Laura. Manchado, uno de estos 
That was the Peruvian duo Alejandro y Maria Laura. They join us in studio and will be performing this week in San Francisco and Oakland. So I know our listeners are very excited to hear you perform, and they're also very lucky because they have a couple of opportunities to hear you. Let's talk about some of the shows that you'll be playing at again. This Thursday we'll be playing at uh, Leo's Music Club, and uh, we're opening for uh, Federico Auvele. This Saturday, we're sharing a stage with Edna Vasquez at the Mission Arts Cultural Center. And um, Sunday. this Sunday, we'll, we'll be with Edna Vasquez as well in Studio Grand in Oakland. That's right. So on Thursday, you'll be playing at Leo's Nightclub. That's in Oakland. And you'll be opening up for Federico Auvele, who's mm -hmm. a compatriota from South America, I believe, from Argentina. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then on Saturday, you'll be playing at the Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts in San Francisco. And on Sunday, the 26th, at Studio Grand in Oakland. And for more information on the shows, our listeners can go to the Mission Cultural Center for Latino Arts website. And they can also check out information for Studio Grand at their website. And of course, our listeners can always hear your music in their own living rooms by downloading your music Where can our listeners go to to get more information about your guys' work and your upcoming performances? Uh, well, we have a website. It's alejandroymarialaura.com. We are in Spotify. We are in iTunes. Uh, we have yeah. YouTube videos. <laughs> and when, when you get to the inside our website, there's links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Twitter. and all that. Wonderful. So let's have you play another song for us. Which one would you like to play? Well, we are going to, to sing a song that is called Nadie puede amar a un fantasma. It's from our second album. Hope you like it. This is Alejandro y María Laura.
That was a song by the Peruvian duo Alejandro y María Laura. Uh, we want to thank Carlos Dizier from La Bohemia uh, for organizing uh, our tour here in the States and to Prom Peru who gave us the tickets to fly to New York to the LAMC. Without them, I guess, we, we wouldn't be here, you know. Uh, yeah. They're responsible for us playing here. So thank you, Prom Peru, once more. Well, it's really wonderful to see such amazing, great music being created and produced in Peru from the indie folk sounds of Alejandro y María Laura to Canaco y el Tigre, which we recently had on the show, and cumbia bands like Bareto and the sounds of Dengue, 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 and so many more. Um, and it's even more wonderful for us because this music is reaching our audiences here in the Bay Area and all over the U.S., especially the music of you two, Alejandro y María Laura, which is truly both creative and moving. And the opportunity to see the two of you perform live is a truly beautiful experience. So thank you. Muchísimas gracias por estar con nosotros. Gracias. Gracias a ti. Thank you. 
lista para la aventura Con tus zapatillas de pega pega Te caes, te limpias y te levantas Te asustas si quieres hacerlo otra vez Salto mortal otra vez, lobo feroz otra vez Salto mortal otra vez, lobo feroz otra vez Agüita del equilibrio, cuídala, alejala de los precipicios, cuídala, alejala de los choferes borrachos, cuídala. Salto mortal otra vez, lobo feroz otra vez, salto mortal otra vez, lobo feroz otra vez, suelta. Me quiero mover de aquí para allá, suelta. Hasta que me gaste de caminar Suelta Me quiero mover de aquí para allá Suelta Si muero será de un salto Up next, we feature an interview with Argentino singer-songwriter Federico Aubele. He'll be playing this Thursday at Leo's Music Club in Oakland. That's 5447 Telegraph Avenue in Oakland, Leo's Music Club. The show is produced by La Bohemia Productions, and it will feature our other featured musician of the evening, Alejandro and Maria Laura. So you'll be able to hear Federico Aubele and Alejandro and Maria Laura this Thursday, July 23rd at Leo's Music Club in Oakland. That's at 8 p.m. Folks are recommended to buy tickets in advance.
You're listening to La Raza Chronicles, Cronicas de la Raza. We are very, very lucky to have on the line with us today Federico Abuele. Right now, people are hearing a lot of his music because it's an exciting time. It's the re-release of his album, Gran Hotel Buenos Aires. We just heard Despertar. Federico, our listeners are already kind of grooving and feeling the song. Tell them a little bit about it and tell them about your process. Well, you know, the creative process is always complicated to explain, but... I just sit down and start playing around with some ideas, and eventually those develop into songs. When it comes to the lyrics, they usually have to do with whatever's going on in my life at the moment. That's how uh, it works for me. I usually start with a song, and then I add beats and do the, all the arrangements. Some people start with the beat, and then they kind of like build a song around it, but I like it the other way around. And tell us about this song in particular, Despertar. What are the lyrics bringing out in you? And I remember that song. Well, that's a funny. That's a funny one, actually, because um, it did kind of start with a beat, <laughs> uh, contrary to what I just said, which is the way it usually works. Because I heard this beat that I liked a lot, which is the beat that you hear in the song. So then I I went back to the guitar and kind of like wrote a song, thinking that you know, it was going to have that beat. So once I had a, a melody and the chords. I recorded some stuff, then I came up with a guitar riff. I added some melodica. What I, I still needed um, still had lyrics, because I, I only had a, like, a vocal melody, but without words. I was in D.C. at the moment. I was recording Garantel when I started with the Seabury Corporation guys, and their studio is in D.C., in Washington, D.C. So I went back to the hotel that day, and uh, in the evening, after, after dinner, I sat down on the bed and started coming up with ideas for the lyrics. Pretty much wrote the entire lyric there. It was based on uh, on the memory I had from a one of those glorious mornings when I, you know, I've been out uh, all night with friends and uh, and and doing different things, and then I finally went back home when it was almost daylight, when it was so quiet and peaceful compared to the night that I just had. And, uh, and uh, so it talks about that very special moment. That's the voice of Federico Auele. He is talking about the song Despertar off of Gran Hotel Buenos Aires. And it's a CD that I think speaks to a lot of different people for many different reasons. But I think that something that's universal is that it provokes a lot of feeling. The sentimiento that people have when they listen to the music is probably the same or similar across language. And that's something that you've pointed to. How has it been for you playing this music to audiences that maybe perhaps don't speak Spanish? It's actually, it works really well. You know, I, I come from Buenos Aires, and I grew up listening to music that I couldn't understand what they were talking about. You know, I, when I was a kid, I didn't speak any, a, a word of English, but I grew up listening mostly to, you know, British bands. And for the most part, I had no idea what they were talking about. And also, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Serge Gainsbourg, the French singer. And, you know, it's the same thing, even though I can understand a little bit of French because it's close to Spanish. It's still, you know, I, I don't understand the subtleties or anything like that, but I just like the vibe, and it expresses the emotion perfectly well. So I think that, you know, knowing how it is to connect with a type of music that it's in, a, in the language that you don't speak, I understand perfectly well how people can connect with my music, even if they, even if they don't know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, they connect with, uh, with the emotion, exactly. And Federico, so the, a lot of the songs that you have on this record, they are mixing a whole bunch of different, as you said, guitar, you have 
uh, lyrics, you have a uh, great beats, you you have a mixture of everything. But I think that there's at least for me, I hear the sense of place. I can hear where you're from in it. How have you felt in terms of you've you know produced a lot of different music? This record in particular, it's being re-released. What place do you think it takes listeners to? It takes listeners to. I would say, I did the album in a moment. I I was living in Berlin. I mean, I wrote part of it when I was still in Buenos Aires, and then I wrote the rest when I was in Berlin, and uh, and a part of it in DC when I was recording it. So it's definitely you know it takes you on a journey, and the journey uh, you know it's it's about you know starting a new whole new chapter in your life with all the uh, a excitement, but also b all the um, melancholic emotions that that, that also brings because uh, it's um, you know you're leaving behind a lot of things and everything you know and uh, to start something new so it's both it's bittersweet um, so I think that would be the best way to describe what the what the album does. That's the voice of Federico Abuele. Federico, why don't we play another song for our listeners to give them another taste off this great album? What song should they hear? I think Diario de Viaje would be perfect.
you've just heard Diario de Viaje off of Gran Hotel, Buenos Aires. We're here on the line with Federico Abuela. You can actually pick up this re-release. It's very exciting. This is available to folks. And so tell us about this song. Diario de Viaje, it's, uh, you know, we were talking about before, about where uh, where the album takes you. And I was telling you about leaving things behind, which can be uh, sad to start something new somewhere else. And uh, I think... You can hear that throughout the entire album, but this this song really is, it's just about that. And um, if you would have to choose just one song that has the entire album in it, it's it's this one. It's the end of the It talks exactly about that, about the moment when you when you leave and then uh, and you realize what you left behind, even though you still want to keep going forward because you know there's, there's something out there, that emotion of uh, knowing that what you knew is gone. So it's it's about that, Diario de Viaje. And that song, Diario de Viaje, along with being very nostalgic, it has some nostalgia and it has a feeling of looking back, and it also has a very positive looking forward sense. So I, I definitely, this whole album, I think it's easy to just get fall into a trance and listen to it over and over again. It leaves you with, with wanting more. It, it definitely has that flow of, you know, of taking you on a trip. We should leave our listeners with one more song. What should we leave them with? Uh, well, let's play Postales, which was the original first single on that album.
We've just heard Postales off of Gran Hotel Buenos Aires, and people can say up on all the work Federico's doing. Oh, through my Facebook, uh, Federico Bell Official, through Twitter, Federico Bell, through my webpage, of course, FedericoBell.com. It, it's all there. So I know, Federico, there are a lot of fans that already have this. Tell us about some of the exciting things you all added to this re-release. Yeah, we felt that it would make it more interesting, of course, to add some bonus tracks, tracks that were not there on the original album. And um, so we added three tracks. Uh, two are instrumentals. And uh, I always listen to a lot of instrumental music, always love instrumental music. And so these instrumentals kind of like reflect that interest in, uh, in music without words. And I felt that originally when I finished the album, I was like, I wish I would have you know, I, I had more instrumentals on it. So this was a good a good way to, to add those. And then uh, and it also adds uh, a bolero, a classic. It's a cover of a, of a classic bolero uh, with Natalia Clavier. And so, yeah, that, that that's sort of like makes the, the re-edition more interesting. So Federico Avele, for folks that aren't familiar with boleros, can you explain what is a bolero? Bolero is a type of music that was... Uh, Mexicans said they, they invented it. Cubans said they invented it. <laughs> it's true, though, that uh, it was taken to a whole other level in Mexico in the late 50s, especially. There were a lot of boleros trios. It's a, it's a romantic genre. It usually has really beautiful melodies. I guess you could say that by the 70s, it, was, you know, it wasn't popular anymore. It was really like a 60s and 60s thing. But some of those compositions are just really beautiful and well-written songs. And... Uh, I grew up listening to those. My mother would play that all the time on the record there. And um, so I had them somehow in my head. Oh, yeah, I just felt that I wanted to do one. And uh, so I picked one and, and recorded it. And I think that a lot of people, it will resonate and fit with, with the theme of the record, which is nostalgia, looking back, longing, wanting, imagining, and hoping and traveling and building new worlds. So, Federico, thank you so much for for taking time out of your tour schedule to speak with us. Um, We're really looking forward to featuring your music in the future as well. And definitely look forward to hearing about more of your projects. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Crónicas de la Raza, La Raza Chronicles on KPFA 94.1 FM, community-powered radio. If you'd like to hear this program again or share it with others, just search for La Raza Chronicles on soundcloud.com. 
Don't forget to also like us on Facebook to receive regular updates on news, arts, culture, music from El Mundo Latino. Hasta la próxima. Buenas noches.